watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass up the middle. Got Tucker's it. got it. Room to run. 15-10. Hit, hit in. Gregory, touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. In go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On The Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica Road, 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing on the ESPN app, seen, heard, and everything in between on the mighty QSportsTalk.com, where you can watch the show, you can participate in the show as it happens in the live chat. The chat is back. You thought the chat was dead. You thought the chat was gone. Incorrect, friends. Incorrect. The chat is still very much alive and kicking. So uh, participate in it. And the beauty about the chat is you can just uh, participate in the show as the show goes throughout the show. You can call 437-7644 if you wish and get on the air and get heard that way, but you can also uh, participate as the show goes throughout. So however you uh, wish to participate in the radio program, however you wish to listen to the program, or in some cases, however you wish to watch the program at QSportsTalk.com, that you certainly can do. You woke up today and you said to yourself, was it all a dream? Did all that really happen yesterday? In the course of a day, Syracuse goes into a matchup with Wake Forest in the ACC tournament. They lose that game 77-74 to in heartbreaking fashion. By the way, Wake Forest almost did that again today to Miami. Williamson had a buzzer beater opportunity against Miami. He missed this time, and Miami wins by two and squeaks by Wake Forest in the ACC tournament. So back-to-back buzzer beater opportunities there. That would have been one thing, whether Syracuse would have won or lost that matchup, right, in the ACC tournament, extend their season another day. As it turned out, there was so much more happening. Jim Beheim's press conference afterwards, one last defiant matchup with the media where he just couldn't say it, wouldn't say it, deferred to the university, but certainly inferred as much as possible that retirement stepping aside, that being his last game, was a distinct possibility. And then at 5 o'clock yesterday, as we're on the air, The narrative changes from Jim won't make a decision, perhaps the university's going to have to step in and do something here, to they did make a decision. 
The press release comes out. Adrian Autry's the new head coach. And off we went. 17,161 days. Jim Beheim was on the con. Since 1976. Walked on the basketball team in 1962. Was roommates with Dave Bing right up through till yesterday. Taking over as head coach in 1976 from Roy Danforth and was there for 17,161 days. Today was the first day we woke up in that amount of time. And Jim Beheim was no longer the head coach of Syracuse University men's basketball. A surreal feeling that we're all still sorting through and still so much to discuss. And that is the open forum we are going to have for you once again today at 437 7644. In the chat at QSportsTalk.com, you can hit me on Twitter as well, at Brent Axe Media. Now, we have invited a number of people to come on the show today. We do know that Preston Shumpert's going to join us at uh, 4.30. We know that Howard Trish is going to join us at 5.35. You've heard from uh, just a bevy of former players on the radio station today. We heard from Billy Owens yesterday. We heard from Lazara Sims yesterday. Roosevelt Bowie yesterday on this show. Cole Swider on this show yesterday. If you missed any of those interviews, of course, you can check them out at QSportsTalk.com, or pardon me, at ESPNSyracuse.com in the audio vault. We've got clips on QSportsTalk.com on our social media pages. So yesterday was, while that happened, we thought it could happen, but in the course of less than three hours, we go from Syracuse lost a game to, I think, Jim Beheim just retired to... Syracuse puts out a press release where the word retirement was not used, but that Jim Beheim would be moving on and Adrian Autry would step in. So yesterday was all about just gathering information, chasing down things, confirming what was out there. Press release comes out, initial reaction, initial players, your initial reaction yesterday. We had a lot of you call in, but Now that you've had a day to process this, the reality settling in here, and we do know that Adrian Autry is going to be formally introduced at a press conference tomorrow, 10 a.m. at the Carmelo K. Anthony Center. So uh, the first opportunity we'll have to hear from Red about taking over the job, the first public comments from Syracuse Athletic Director John Wildhack, I believe those are the only two scheduled to be there. In terms of officials, I don't know if uh, the chancellor will be there. Who knows if Bayheim will be there? I highly doubt it, to be honest. And who else could be there? And the questions that arise here, both in the short and in the long term for Syracuse basketball. I mean, first and foremost, is Adrian Autry going to run man, zone, some other defense, right? And all those questions in his style versus Bayheim's style, the players that believed to be coming back versus the players that he still will have to convince to come back. I just saw it today on an NBA draft board that Judah Mintz and this uh, Sam Viesney from The Athletic is a terrific uh, NBA draft analyst. He has Judah Mintz listed uh, 41st on his big 100 board. Now, it's a second-round pick, which is what we've been projecting Mintz to be if, in fact, he goes and goes to the NBA draft, which he may not. Adrian Autry recruited him, and he can certainly be talked into coming back, but that's just the world we live in today with the transfer portal and the NBA draft opportunities and just the constant evolving door in college sports. Is Jerry McNamara going to be back on the coaching staff? 
That's got to be a tough blow for Jerry, while probably was certainly made well aware of the fact that Red, as the associate head coach, would take over. I mean, it just what was the moment he knew, if he knew? And now that reality's here, and does Jerry, now that Jim has officially moved on, think about doing the same as a head coach, as Mike Hopkins did in 2017? Mike Hopkins, by the way, who's trying to get himself another year at Washington. You know, he's got a big buyout there, and fans are up in arms there. And that's, I was talking with my friend Nico Tamurian today, of course, our friend used to work here at CNY Central, and we're just kind of getting the pulse of what's going on out there. Mike Hopkins had a very emotional statement by the way, yesterday about Jim Beheim and Syracuse and what you think of when you think of Syracuse, and that's Jim Beheim, and as he put it, the carrier dome, right? So can Jerry McNamara put himself in that kind of position, or is he going to commit to the place that he's been for 20 years, 20-plus years, as a player, as an assistant, as an all-timer and somebody that now has his jersey in the rafters at the JMA Wireless Dome. There is an assistant coach position to fill. Is that going to be kept in the family? That seems to be the approach. That seems to be the way. I'm sure uh, Coach Autry will talk about that tomorrow. There's certainly some names that pop to mind if, in fact, they want to keep it in the family, which I would, you know, I, I would make a strong assumption they're going to, but, you know, we'll see what they say at the press conference tomorrow. So many questions here. How this was handled is something that the next day people are coming to the realization of. Now, look, these things are messy. And I think both sides have to take some accountability for this. Jim Beheim maybe literally didn't want to say the word retirement based on if there's a year left on his contract, and I believe that there is. If he retires, does he get that money? Did he want some sort of position with the university? He talked about that yesterday. They have not talked about offering him some sort of emeritus position or, you know, similar to Mike Krzyzewski has this common thing. You know, you retire and you still have some sort of role with the university, right? They haven't talked about that. Maybe there's some disagreements about that moving forward. If Syracuse did move in and step in and remove Jim from the job early, Contracts have never seemed to matter much when it comes to Jim Beheim. Maybe it does this time, right? But Beheim, you know, playing footsie with the word retirement at that press conference, but not saying it. Inferring he said it on Saturday, and you guys didn't, you know, solve the puzzle, if you will. Like this is the Da Vinci Code, and I'm supposed to pick up on things. But Syracuse, in the way they handled it, and putting out that press release just a couple of hours afterwards, maybe trying to get ahead of something, maybe trying to fend off, you know, some sort of Jim Beheim rant or something or something leaking that they didn't want to. And I was on this radio station on these airwaves 24 hours ago saying, look, you have been put in the position as Syracuse University to make a decision because Jim will not make it for a myriad of reasons, Right that we've well-documented and well-talked about uh, leading up to what happened yesterday. But, man, it still doesn't feel right that love or hate Jim Beheim and all the faults that Jim Beheim has had, even the ones recently, okay, I was as strongly opinionated about his treatment of those student reporters this year. About, I mean, just two days ago on this show, we took two hours of straight phone calls 
from the supposed season ticket holders that don't call radio shows that actually do and the fans that call radio shows like this one and who they are and what they represent and we did not take kindly to Jim calling out our listeners and our audience that way that was but just a couple days ago right so I disagreed with that I wrote a column or two and spoke on the show about the two three zone and how it had run its course and this is what you do when you analyze something particularly when things are are sliding at a program you look at each issue and you you formulate an opinion on it and honestly more of those opinions have been negative than positive I will admit that but I prefer to use the word honest I'm gonna look at things honestly give you my opinion that's what I'm here to do if you want affirmation then you can go find that if you want an opinion that's what I'm here to give you like this one they did Jim wrong and how this went down now Jim has a role in that okay I'm not absolving Jim from that but reasonable adults needed to come to a conclusion that this could have ended better because it could have this isn't hard okay the understanding was that Jim was going to whatever term you want to use retire walk away no longer be the coach he comes to that press conference he was going to be asked about it everybody knew it Jim can play ball Jim can be an adult as much as I greatly appreciate Jim's honesty through the years at press conferences what could have been said there is listen I know you have questions about this our season just ended I'm just I'm not going to talk about my future today Okay, this day is about this game that we just lost and those players in that locker room, and I I don't want to talk about this today. So that would have been yesterday. Today, Syracuse puts out a press release. Friday morning, 10 a.m., press conference, Carmelo Anthony Center, Jim Beheim, John Wildhack, Adrian Autry, whatever other names you want to put on that, will address the media. And everybody would know what it is, right? And would have time to prepare for it and would have time to make this a celebration, an amicable split. This could have been done. So when people say, oh, what could have done? Syracuse had to do what they did and Jim had to do what it. No, they could have come together and ended this better. Maybe I'm being romantic about that. Maybe I'm being naive about that. But you're, you're telling me. That Syracuse University, despite the flaws that have been there, and Jim has not represented this university the way he needed to on several occasions this year, as I have well documented. But you owe that man a better exit than a press release where there are people quoted, not him included, and the word retirement is not used, and it's just like we're getting ahead of this. This is a school that despite its world-famous communications program has had PR blunder after PR blunder. And I think people will remember that. Now, as time goes on, this will turn more into a thank you, a celebration, a remembrance. And it should. It absolutely should. But call me crazy. I think reasonable minds, even in the, the heat of the moment, the heat of emotion that this is, and this is as emotional as it gets, but you got to make big boy and big girl decisions when you work at a place like Syracuse University. Jim has been here for over 50 years. This is going to end, and this is how it's going to end. 
That could have been done. Now, if that was the plan and Jim went against that in his true defiant style right to the end, then look, that happened. You got to react to it. Jim is an emotional person. He's a competitive person. And I can imagine this is not an easy thing to go through. But that's disappointing. Call me naive. Call me romantic. Call me whatever you want. That could have been handled better. Particularly how some of these other situations, John Desco a couple of years ago, and that move had to be made. Coach Q, you had to react to that because that came out of the clear blue sky with a uh, report in The Athletic. But the fact that you didn't know about some of those things happening, I mean, we've had that discussion. That has been completely turned around by Felicia Legat-Jack and what's going on with that program. I think it's been turned around with Gary Gate and company, right? So the decisions that were made, were the right ones to move forward. And now the Adrian Autry decision comes full circle, something that I think certainly will be asked, if not by myself, I'm sure by somebody tomorrow. Once again, John Wildhack keeps it in the family, right? Most of the hires he's made have been either former Syracuse athletes or there is a connection or a tie to Syracuse, and we did that once again. I get it, too. I mean, it was, I will talk about this more as we go. People ask me about this all the time. You know, when the day comes, what should they do? Should they either promote Jerry or Red or zoom out and do a national search? And I was always careful how I answered this question. And the way I answered that question was my hope is they are in a position where they can zoom out, do a national search, find the best candidate for what I think is a terrific job with the infrastructure in place to continue to be a power in college basketball. Because as important as Jim Beheim was and the titan that he was, and he built this thing brick by brick, and his legacy will shine eternally. It is still the head men's basketball coach position at Syracuse University, which he made his own in his image. But it is still a position that has the infrastructure to continue to be a power in college basketball. So my hope was look out there, see who wants the gig, see what kind of names you can get. And if you still feel that Adrian Autry or Jerry McNamara is your best choice, then you do that. It feels like, given the timing of the incident, giving just like boom, bang, boom, here we go, like that, they made that decision. So I think if John Wildhack tomorrow, and I want to be careful how I say this, but I think of John Wildhack tomorrow, he has said this on this radio station, that you have a list of people, you have things you consider, right? But they did not do a national search. They did not zoom out. And maybe they couldn't. Maybe they couldn't. Portal opens Monday. You've got in, in the micro a, a list of players that you've got to figure out if they're coming back or not. And maybe we just didn't have time to, you know, diddle around here. That's fair. And if you think Red is the best guy, then just do it. And now it's time to sell him. And it starts tomorrow. And you're going to have a lot of fancy statements and a lot of strongly worded statements about why he's the best guy for the job and all that. And he might be. He absolutely might be. Okay, I don't want this to be conceived as a criticism of Red Autry. Oh, my God, exit state one. You're already going after him. No, I'm just saying you've got a plum job here. And you have a responsibility, if you're John Wildhack, to find the best person to fill that job. And being the guy after the guy, that is a giant shadow to step into from James Arthur Beheim. I get that. But 
it's also reasonable to say, look, you can't do that now. It could have been done if the understanding was this was Jim's last year and John Wildhack had spent a lot of time getting ready for that moment. Pounce on it, go. Now there's some coaches that you would want that are coaching now, and could you interview them? And I, there are complications to my my little uh, process here. I totally understand that. But Red is the guy. Like I'm almost wasting time even dis- even discussing it at this point, right? So no, it was not a dream. Jim Beheim woke up today, no longer the head basketball coach at Syracuse University, for the first time in 17,162 days. The new era of Syracuse basketball, although the new boss, kind of same as the old boss, is underway. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter, and you can join us on the chat at QSportsTalk.com as well. A lot to happen as we go through the afternoon, including your reaction, taking this all in. This is just open forum for you. Anything Bayheim related anything Syracuse basketball-related, the craziness of the last 24 hours and your thoughts going forward here and what is one of the more significant decisions ever made by Syracuse University, as we saw in real time as this show was happening yesterday. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is On the Block with Brent Axe. You know, it's the university, as I said from day one when I started working here, the university hired me, and it's their choice what they want to do. Um, I always have the choice of retirement, but it's their decision uh, as to whether I coach or not. always has been. And the decision was made and made official about this time yesterday that Jim Beheim would no longer be the head coach for Syracuse University men's basketball after a mere carry the one look at here 17,161 days back to you we go at 437-7644 we start in Chittenango that's where Kenny is today on the block Kenny hey how are you Brent good sir what's cooking um I can barely hear you I'm on bluetooth but I just wanted to say um I've been following this team since the days of Coach Roy Danforth, so I've seen all the ups and downs. And yesterday when the news came out about the retirement, you know, I did get a bit emotional, teared up a bit. But as everyone says, we have to move forward. So I would like to see Coach Bayheim write an autobiography, and maybe he could spell out in that how all this went down. And secondly, in regards to the coach, we know how great he was, what he's done for the community and university. Perhaps we could have the Jim Beheim Day up at the Dome. You do it in the summer, free admission. That way, you know, in that time period, you get all the NBA players that played for the university, G League, overseas, whatever, can be there in person. You bring up Coach K, Jim Calhoun, Jay Wright, Patrick Ewing, do a commemorative DVD, sell it to the public, whatnot, but I would like to see that. I think you are spot on on both points. I would love to hear uh, Jim Beheim's stories in an autobiography, not only what's happened here in the past 24 hours or so, but Jim Beheim's stories from his perspective there. 
And the Jim Beheim celebration needs to happen one way or the other. Hurt feelings or not, that's got to happen so fans can truly give them a proper send-off. They're certainly doing it in other areas, including this one. But spot on there, Kenny. Great call. Up to Oswego we go, where Isaac is today. Isaac, speaking of basketball, those Lakers kicking butt, right? They're in the Sweet 16. Good luck to Coach Yeah, Leone I don't company. really follow it that much. I'm an orange guy. But, okay. you know, I mean, but, yeah, hey, we'll look, I, I'm behind though. Coach Red. I think it was the best move in a five-minute decision to keep maybe a nucleus <laughs> of a team together without a mass exodus. So with that in mind. I love all those you know, labels you put on What bothers me about this, you're talking about yeah. the university always putzing things up. Let's go back in time to when Dr. Daryl Gross got hired, which I thought was the worst AD hire in the history of college sports. The football team actually crumbled under him and has never recovered. Under Dr. Darrell Gross, Bayheim's victories were abdicated because of the James Sutherland Fab Mello education disaster. This university at the top, at the, at the, where the brains are, X, has been a disaster where the brains, the top brains of this university, have just been crapping all over themselves. I'm, I'm behind Red Autry. But, uh, you know, it's really a shame to think the top minds of that university probably shouldn't be there. Thank you, Isaac. Appreciate the thoughts. Uh, Daryl Gross certainly did not agree with everything, but one thing Daryl Gross did navigate well, if you want to give credit where it's due, even though it's not something we're particularly fans of, you kind of had to hold your nose and do it, got Syracuse into the ACC at a very tumultuous time in the college sports world. Let's get one more in here before we take a break and reload the lines for you at 437-7644. If there's a recently retired head basketball coach out there that would like to chime in, he knows he's always got an open line on this show. In the meantime, we go to Skippy in DeWitt on the block. Hi, Skippy. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Great, Skip. What's up? Um, Just wanted to comment about the gym dismissal, you know, almost forced retirement. I do think this is the end of an era, obviously, not only the Jim Beheim era, but it's kind of felt since the COVID shutdown of the ACC tournament during that whole procedure, and then it's never really been the same with Syracuse since then. And then with the NIL coming in, I really think the entire collegiate sports world is about to pivot in a direction that is going to be very contrary to the values that Jim Beheim has about collegiate sports. So I'll, I'll I think slightly good- disagree with you, Skip, and say this. It has pivoted. I think we're there. Yeah, no, that, yeah. I agree. Yes. I, I think it has, and I think it, yeah. it, it, it's, it, the process is beginning more, but yeah, it has, and in, in the past couple of years. But I, I get what but, you're um, saying. Now that Bayheim yeah. and Coach K and Roy Williams and Jay Wright, the, yeah. are, Mike Ray, individuals are gone. Yeah. All these guys that so, define that are, are gone, with the exception of, of a few. Yeah. It, it's tough. I think a lot of people, including myself, lifelong fan, you know, remember from my childhood, his his um, successes uh, would, would have wanted to see him in another tournament, you know, NCAA tournament, even if they, you know, lost relatively early. They want to see him coach again in that. It's it's a little annoying that we didn't get that chance, you know. And you could say he navigated the entire exit wrong. He should have left with his his two sons. I I would I would think that may have been a little more of a graceful departure. And I would agree with the previous fellers. They should do something up on the hill that's a little bit more, you know. Um, celebratory, and I do think the other previous callers made a good point about the, the um, people around him up at the uh, on the Hill haven't always been the most competent or best people, you know, so 
And this one, man, like this one was the one you had to stick the landing. Like some of those other things, you're reacting to news, right? Scandal breaks, you react, you can't get ahead of it. This is the, the, the story, and thank you, Skip, for the call. You had to get ahead of and could get ahead of and knew what to do. There had to be just a break glass, boom, here's the plan, and even that didn't happen. Easy for us to say. We're not behind the scenes. There's There's always more to the story. This has the scent of turmoil and power plays and a lot of things. I mean, there's no bigger decision to be made at that university, frankly. You had to stick the landing on this. And whether that was Jim's fault, Ken Severud's fault, John Wildhack's fault, the Board of Trustees, some names I'm not saying here, everybody saw it happen in a way it shouldn't. But you got to move on from it and hopefully, in essence, have a makeup call in some way, shape, or form. But this is why people have been saying this for years, to avoid the situation we're in now. I think we always knew this was not going to end well, given the circumstances and the egos involved, but it's not like we didn't see it coming. An orange slice, then we're back.